Episode 5 of Shaking the Family Tree, I have the eldest of the siblings, Tyler, who has a lot of uh, background in broadcast. Went to college back uh, for broadcast journalism for a while. Uh, you tell a story sometimes about uh, how he's going to do a speech and he didn't have all the uh, all the cards out yet. And he went up there and you just nailed it without anything. Yeah, it was my public speaking class at Western. It was my fresh, freshman year, maybe sophomore year. I don't remember for sure. One of my buddies, we were sitting back there and we were talking about our speech. And I was doing mine over Kentucky basketball. And... Uh, Luckily, we didn't have to turn our note cards in. And one of my buddies was sitting there, and he said, he said, where's your note cards? I'm like, crap, I forgot to do them. Of course, we had a PowerPoint mm. anyways, so it wasn't that big a deal. Mm. But I said, I don't even buy any. I said, do you have some extra ones? He said, yeah. So he handed me like five or six of them. Mm. I didn't even write anything on them. I took them up there with me, and every so often I'd look down, and then I'd just take it off and put it under. <laughs> and he was sitting back in the class just dying laughing. <laughs> See, when I get up, well, I haven't done a lot of uh, public speaking or uh, like presentations, but when I get up there, I'm shaking. I can't find my words, but now it's like, it's a public thing that I do now on podcasts and everything, but I think podcasts are a little different than like standing in front of people. It's a lot different talking, I don't know, it's a lot different talking behind a screen or behind a behind a mic than it is talking with people looking at you yeah. something somebody told me once that gave a lot of speeches they said they said you would think it's harder to talk to bigger crowds but it's actually easier to talk to bigger crowds because you can tell yourself if there's you know if there's a thousand people in there then probably 20 of them's actually listening to you and the rest mm -hmm. of them aren't paying attention mm -hmm. but if you're talking to a group of 20 they're probably all paying at least mm -hmm. a little bit of attention. So Something about that, too, is I find it easier to talk to people that are younger than me than people that are my own age and that are older than me. I think that's a judgment thing, too. Well, that's just the dynamic. That's just you feeling a little insecure. Yeah. So you feel like talking to somebody younger than you. Mm -hmm. You feel like you may, I don't know, if you're just more comfortable talking to younger people. Yeah. Speaking of youngers, we just left the uh, um, a Little League coach pitch game. Back in the day... You was a demon at coach pitch and all that extra stuff. Well, I don't want to sound like an old guy here, but when I was younger, we didn't have – I didn't have a smartphone until I was probably sometime in high school. Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, I think it, I think my age is about the last group that we really did just go play outside. I played a lot of pickup baseball and basketball and things like that outside so that was all that we did we would go to the park and have practice and when we didn't have practice we'd go have batting practice so me and a couple of buddies would would always do that we, we always talk about they play on the smaller field now we had to play on the 200 foot fence so we always talk like old guys if we'd get to play on that size field it'd have been a lot more fun i think you because you played um basketball and baseball you didn't play football in high school but there's a story that i think people will get a kick out of that when you was in little league you you kind of rolled your ankle in practice and then i'll let you go so i was i believe i was in third grade at the time of course i was a tiny tiny third grader mm. but we practiced third grade through sixth grade mm. and there was a kid there was a kid grade ahead of me that was considerably bigger than all of us. I mean, he was, 
I don't know. He he had to be close to two sixty, two seventy, and so we were doing a drill called ladders, which you run and jump over people that are laying down, and then when you get to the end, you lay down, and the person at the last part of the line gets up, and you keep mm-hmm. going until you get to wherever the coach said to stop. For anybody that knows football, it's kind of like doing D-bags, but instead of the bags, it's people. Yes, yeah. and yes, you got stepped on sometimes mm-hmm. and cleated, and it was not fun. <laughs> but anyways, back to the big kids. So I was not very big in third grade, and they teach you to go over their butt. Because if you step on them, you know, stepping on their butt mm. is not going to hurt them as bad as stepping on their back or stepping on their ankle. With a head. With <laughs> a head, yeah. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get over this kid, and I, can't, I go to do it, and I can't, and I step right on the middle of his butt and roll my ankle. And I don't remember what kind of sprain it was. Mom wasn't happy because she didn't think I should be playing anyways. And back in the day, she would go to the to the mall and shop. And when she shopped, she was a speed walker. I mean, she's walking at the speed of at the speed of sound. So here I am hopping around the mall trying to keep up with her younger self. And we get finally get done. And she says, "We get back in the car." She goes, "Tyler, your ankle's awfully swollen." <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I've been hopping on one foot trying to keep up with you for two hours now. So, like I said, you played uh, basketball and baseball in high school. You didn't play football, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But you have a lot of funny and cool stories, and a lot of them involve Trey Shirley. A a bunch of them. They do. In basketball, uh, Trey had a tendency to uh, to kind of pick on you a little bit. When when uh, Mac was giving you a little, you know, motivation, you know, screaming, you you kind of looked up at him, and then I'll let you tell from here. So that was that's probably my first high school basketball memory. So Trey is Trey's a couple years older than me. He would have been a let's see, this would have been he was going into his junior year. Mm. Yeah. It would have been the summer of his junior year, so I'd been my freshman year, my first full season in high school. I came up and practiced with him some in, as an eighth grader. but mm. So we're up there, and Coach Max, I don't, remember, I don't even remember what all he was saying now, but he was getting into us a little bit. We were sitting in the locker room, and our locker room wasn't real big, and he had the whole team in there, freshmen, JVs, and uh, varsity teams. Mm. So we're all crammed in there pretty good. Well, I'm sitting right in front of Trey, and – He's sitting on the couch, and I'm sitting on a chair, and I'm kind of about half looking down just listening to Coach Mack because he was intimidating to me at the time. Yeah. And I look up at Trey, who's been playing varsity since he was an eighth grader, and he don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and I look up at him, and he's looking at me with this smile. I mean, he's smiling from ear to ear <laughs> looking right at me, and I just about lose it. I have to look down at the floor. I'm like squeezing my hands, doing everything I can. And I just keep looking up at him and he's staring at me, just smiling. Just like, I mean, you can't see it on the podcast, but I mean, he's smiling from ear to ear. And it was everything I could do. I I was like, I just know I'm about to start laughing and we're all going to have to run until we die. Uh, I I actually have a story like that one time. Um, It was toward the end of the season. the season we won the district championship, and uh, you know LJ was kind of you know kind of getting into us about us not you know going hard in practice and stuff, and uh, I don't know 
if Perry – I hope Perry listened to this too. I don't know if Perry misheard what LJ said, but he was kind of ripping to us. He said – he goes, uh, who in here wants to put the pads on again? And uh, he looked at Perry. He says, Perry, do you want to put the pads on again? And Perry looks up and says, no. <laughs> that was the most awkward room I've ever been in my whole entire life. And then he, and then I guess Sawyer didn't know what he said either. He looks at Sawyer. He said, Sawyer, do you want to put the pads on again? And Sawyer goes, no. I was like, oh, my God. And apparently after it was all said and done, they thought he said something different. And I don't know what it was. But it was the most awkward moment ever. It wasn't quite your story because it wasn't funny. But now looking back on it, it's pretty funny. Well, it wasn't funny at the time. For me either, but yeah. looking back on it, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of good stories that mm-hmm. we reminisce. We're going to we're going to casino this weekend, so I'm sure we'll retell several of them. Yeah. You, you tell you tell one story. I forget who it is, but when y'all won, was it district baseball? Somebody or somebody got up on a. It's when he beat somebody. Somebody got up on your car and on a stanky leg. That was me. That was you. That was I didn't know that was you. It was my senior year. We was playing Glasgow, and they were. They were like sixteen and one or something at the mm. time, ranked pretty high in the state. Yeah. And we threw a freshman pitcher against them. See, the night before, they had faced Warren East, who had a pitcher that was throwing in the mid nineties, just going gas. He ended yeah. up going to play Triple A baseball. But then they came up to our place the next night, and we threw a freshman throwing in the mid sixties, maybe. So they didn't hit him at all first time through the lineup. The next couple times through, they hit him hard, but we were fortunate and made some plays and. And we had a walk off, uh, walk off on them. We celebrated like we won the region. <laughs> Just you know, Coach Garrett said, Coach Garrett said, boys. He said, I'd rather beat Glasgow than eat. <laughs> <laughs> I think nowadays, especially in Metcalf, it's kind of lost celebrating. I don't think people celebrate quite like they used to, or or it seems like. I mean, I wasn't around back then, but the stories y'all tell, it don't seem like people celebrate quite like they used to. Well. And again, I'm going to sound like an old guy when I say this, but high school that you go to is a lot different than the high school that I went to. Mm. Some of the stuff that we got away with, y'all wouldn't dream of getting away with now. Mm. But y'all y'all get to leave a lot more than we got to. Yeah. Or a lot more than we were supposed to. Well, nowadays I feel like, too, that we got to really watch what we do because it's, you know, there's cameras and videos and phones. You can really see what we do, so... And y'all, I don't, I don't mean, again, I don't want to say that you're old. By the time I was in high school, we had that stuff. It wasn't as, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. But now, even, not even the phone stuff, even, the world is more crazier now than pro- back then. When, well, I don't even know if I necessarily agree with that. It's more, it's more public now because yeah. of social media and things like that. And people get their feelings hurt a little easier nowadays, I feel like. Well, with social media, everybody feels like they have a voice. So, and you can find people that are similar thinking to you, so mm-hmm. it makes it easier for people to voice their opinions that way. I think it's a lot of where you're from, too, well, about what people think. From around here, for the most part, everyone has, you know, a good understanding about everybody else. When you go to California, there's people from all over the world. Most people here grew up here. So you kind of know each other better, and you don't judge each other. Well, that's what I would. That's what I told people. I said, I've talked to, of course, I talk to people now from all different kinds of schools, from where I refer an umpire. But 
you know, I'll talk to somebody that went to a bigger school like Barron or Bowling Green, and they'll be mm-hmm. like, I graduated with some people that I didn't know. And I was like, that's crazy to me because, like, everybody that I went to high school with at the time, I at least knew who they were. I wouldn't yeah. say that I knew them well, but I knew who they were. Well, from around here, though, there's only 70, 80 kids. Yeah, I think there was low 90s in my graduating class, yeah. something like that. And that's about par for the course for here. Yeah. I said that we're going to get back to the football thing later, and you mentioned umpiring and refereeing. You referee football, but you never played in high school. Was it hard to kind of understand the rules or, like, the inside stuff since you hadn't been around the game, really, or was that kind of come natural to you? Um, I didn't play, but I went to every game, and from where Dad refereed, and I went with him a lot. I already it. And it helps tremendously when you start anything if you know people that know what they're doing. So for me, I already knew all the veteran officials mm-hmm. when I came in. So any kind of questions or anything that I had, I had somebody I could ask. Mm-hmm. And that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And one thing I tell newer officials that ask stuff now is, like, the honestly, the best way to remember to remember something, obviously you want to get in a rule book and know the rules and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But the best way that you're going to remember it, you mess it up one good time mm-hmm. and then you won't do it anymore because <laughs> nothing, I mean, it, you, everybody wants to get the calls right. But yeah. when you, uh, when you screw it up one good time, you remember it pretty I've, well. I've been around, you know, after football games or baseball, not you, you don't do baseball. No softball. You do softball, but I've been around after some games, and some of the referees they'll get re- they'll I mean they're in the game they get really tore up when they miss a call or something like that because I mean you know if they're gonna put their time into it then they want to get the call right. Well, every every official that goes out there at the end of the day they want to get the calls right. Yeah, I won't say everyone, but the overwhelming majority of them want to get the just want to get it right. You know. Mm-hmm. We get paid to do it, but we don't get paid a lot to do it. So, you know, you're out there because you like to do it. You know, it keeps you close to the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to do a good job. Just like a player wants to play well, he yeah. wants to have a good game. An official wants to have a good game. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think another hard thing about umpiring or officiating in general is, you know, the outside noise of not just the coaches, not just the players, but the fans. Well, you learn to have, as you do it longer, you learn to have selective hearing. Mm-hmm. When uh, when you first start, that's very difficult to learn. You want to take everything personally. You want to get mad if anybody questions you. And that's something you just learn as you do it more, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not always personal, although sometimes, you know, it can get that way. And mm-hmm. that's when you have messes. But, you know, for the most part, Coaches are just trying to – they're trying to get as much as they can for their kid. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of coaches, when the game's over, it's, you know, it's over. Yeah. It's, as long as, you know – as long as you're professional and – as long as you're professional trying, then usually you'll be okay. When did you start umpiring? What age? Or referee? Uh, my, my first football game that I ever did was a Little League game. I was probably – 15 or 16 I'll call my dad and one of the other people that he refereed high school with and uh, they didn't give me a whistle or a flag <laughs> so I've I done uh, some little league games with y'all 
And that was, the, I mean, it's a lot harder than it looks. Well, I always tell people, especially that's watching a game, so mm -hmm. like, you know, if you're a fan of Metcalf, for example, if mm -hmm. you're going to watch Metcalf, it, the game's going to look different to you because you're hoping Metcalf wins, yeah. obviously. So if I go have a game and I've got two teams, I don't care who wins, yeah. you know, so I'm not looking at it that way. I'm looking at it as objectively as possible because mm -hmm. I really don't care who wins. Yeah. So it, it it looks different that way. I always tell people, or I've seen signs before. If uh, I've seen signs that says, if if you're willing to criticize our officials, that means to us you're willing to officiate the next game. Yeah. And I think if a lot of people would do that, mm. it would calm a lot of people down. Yeah. Uh, you've been doing this for a while. I mean, for a while to be an official. A lot of people don't want to officiate anymore because of the outside noise. What do you, what do you, what's your take on, you know, because I, I know that a base, a varsity baseball game this season got canceled because they didn't have an official. Mm -hmm. What's your take on, you know, why we can't find officials, officials? So the average age for the licensed high school official in the state of Kentucky is somewhere around 58. Wow. So that's older guys and, and girls. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm 29. We'll be 30 coming mm -hmm. up. But so this will be my, what, 12th or 13th year doing football. I started football right out of high school. Mm -hmm. It's the one I've been doing the longest. But even though I've been doing it 12 or 13 years, there's still probably only maybe four or five football officials that are younger than me. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. There's guys that start that are older than me. So, yeah. so you you've been doing football for. You said you started right out of high school, and you done some littler games before you graduated. Um, once you started, you know, officiating more games, more games. You know, your name kind of got out there with the officiating, and then you got the call to be a referee for the state championship game, the one A state championship game. Three A. Three A. Sorry, three A state championship game. Isn't is that kind of the Super Bowl of all all officials? That's what they you know kind of dream of. It just depends what your what your goals are when you start. So mm -hmm. for me at the time, that was a goal of mine to be able to do a state championship, and mm -hmm. I got to do one in two thousand eighteen, mm -hmm. the two thousand eighteen football season. So yeah. two thousand eighteen to two thousand nineteen school year. Mm -hmm. um, it was at UK, so that was cool for me. Right. So I've got to call on UK's field. Big fan of UK too. Yes. So. And it was, it was a good game. I mean, it was twenty-one to twenty. Mm -hmm. So, with that, that's what brings me to this next point. Is there was a lot of people don't know this. If a high school team lines up for a field goal, it is just like a punt. Just like. So a punt. at the end of your game, there was a big to do. And I'll let you explain what happened because you was on the field. So at the end of that game, there, let's see, Corbin was lining up for a field goal that would have won the game. Yeah. So they kick it. Kid doesn't hit. I don't know if he doesn't hit it very well. It might even get tipped. I don't think it got tipped. I think he just got under it really bad and didn't hit it very well. Yeah. But anyways, it goes 10 yards on what's about a 40-yard attempt. Mm -hmm. 
Well, like you said, in high school, it's just like a punt. So that's still a live ball. Well, many people don't know that. Yeah. So obviously, Louisville Central is celebrating because they feel like the game's over because it's crossed the line of scrimmage, you know, as long as they don't do anything stupid. Then, But the um, kid from Central picks the ball up, <laughs> which is a live ball. Yeah. Luckily, he gets tackled and goes down. We had... Of course, their whole sideline had come out on the field, so I have to throw a flag at the end of the game. And my white hat, he says, "What do you got?" And I tell him, he goes, "He goes, well, he said that's, he said that's good that we have it there." He said, "The only thing they can really do though is accept it. They'll take a knee, and then we'll, you know, the game will be over." Mm-hmm. So he didn't, uh, he didn't, we didn't end up reporting it, and mm-hmm. it didn't make any difference. So, yeah, luckily he didn't throw that ball up in the air, and that have been bad. That that have been probably the biggest to do, I don't know, probably ever in Kentucky. If he would have got it, threw it up, and then everybody stormed the field, and then if they would have picked it up and scored, they'd have won. That'd have yeah. been, yeah. I mean, that'd have been the craziest thing probably that's ever happened. It'd have been pretty crazy. Yeah. Luckily, nothing crazy like that happened. So, yeah. and at the and in the in the handshake line even. There was, there was a big fight that broke out because well, I forget. I wasn't out there. So yeah, he wasn't was out. For, he wasn't out there for that. Time. But at the end of the game, you know, I forget. I forget who that's playing. Who's the winning team? Uh, Central. Central. Yeah, they they came over and blowing kissing the Corbin fans. You know, a kid from Corbin, probably a senior, he was sitting over there crying, and he just came up and just clocked him right there. I mean, I wasn't out there for that. I just know what everybody told me, and I seen some videos from it. So yeah. It was a mess. I'm glad I wasn't out there for it. You said you left your flag on the field and just went straight to the locker room. Well, I think when it had, when it had got thrown, because it was right next to me, I think somebody had kicked it or something when they were running out on the field, so I didn't even see it. Not mm-hmm. sure what I'm going to out there looking for it while we were. Well, all those people were out there celebrating, so yeah. the chain crew guy ended up bringing it to me. Huh. That's good. So. But you do... You do baseball. You started basketball, too. Oh, um, softball. Yeah, softball. I don't know why I keep saying baseball. But you do softball. And one thing that I noticed about softball, there's not a lot of female officiators. It's a girl sport, and I don't understand why there isn't more, you know, females officials. Is there any that you know of? Yeah, we've got a couple. Um, yeah. I know that... Not many, but... I don't really know why. Yeah, female officials is kind of a thing that's kind of on the uprise. You see more and more of them. Yeah, I mean, we need to recruit anybody willing to, anybody wanting to officiate in the state of Kentucky or really around around the country. Officiating's mm-hmm. getting lower and lower. I know a couple states for football is going to have to move mm-hmm. varsity games to Thursday nights and Saturdays. Just that way they have officials to cover them. I don't think people want to do it because people are crazy. Well, people, and, people, and I think people, or a lot of people, just don't want to deal with it, you know? Well, that's why you can't get a lot of younger people to stay out because... Like you said... They that, don't want to come yeah. out and deal with... I mean, there's people can be very rude and just mean sometimes. Yeah. So, and people don't want to deal with that for the little amount that we get, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we talked about some big the big 
the state championship game. But uh, um, you had one game that uh, the officials had to stand on the 50-yard line. So, the, you know, the two teams wouldn't. Well, that was just a big rivalry game, though. It's It was just tensions were high. It was a big rivalry game, first time they'd ever played. So it was. Who was it? It was uh, Bowling Green and South Warren, first time they ever played. Yeah. Both of them were coming off state championships. So it was. I mean, it was. It was intense. Yeah. I don't. Um, time when Dad was officiating. I think it was Sanex and Mail that was kind of the game. Is that who it was? I knew it was Sanex and somebody. Um, it was kind of the game. Sanex and Trinity. Sanex and Trinity. I, that, was, that was like the game to have. Now, what would you say the game to have is now? I don't know. Trinity and Mail is a good one. I mean, South and Bowling Green is still a good one to have. There's some in the eastern parts of the state that are good. You know, Johnson Central and... Pikeville and Corbin and Belfry and you know there's a bunch of I mean any game can be I mean any game is a big game mm-hmm. it's the one thing that we say every night you know if you've got two no name teams you know if you go in thinking well this is a nothing game well mm-hmm. to those kids and everybody there it's the biggest game that night so yeah. you need to treat it that way yeah. well kind of ending the episode here I've been asking a lot of people, or a lot of the Shaking Family Tree guests. I won't call them people because they're family, but I've been asking them the question at the end to kind of get them thinking. So, officiating is kind of what you do, right? You're into it. You love doing it. You do it every day, but for the most part. Just about. Um, if you could give any advice to anybody that's wanting to do I know you've said a lot about the younger officials and what you would say to them, but if... But if there's anything that you would say or any advice that you would give them to kind of get them into officiating, because I know that our friend, Jeff Morgan, you kind of got him into it. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to a younger official that's kind of wanting to get into it but don't know about it? Or a newer official, maybe not necessarily younger. <laughs> younger, newer. Um, I mean, if it's something you want to do, you can... Just about any referee you see at a game can tell you what it is that you need to do. The first thing you need to do is get your license. You just go on KHSAA online and do it. I mean, it's not it's not hard to get licensed. And then you'll join your association wherever you're at, depending on the sport. And, uh, you know, you get evaluated and you have an assigner that assigns your games. And I'm sure nowadays it's really easy. To get games, because like I said, there's a shortage. Yeah, there is, and you know we had, you know we had several first, second, third year guys that had to do several varsity games this year just because, you know, we had so many games to cover, and mm-hmm. you know, not a lot of people to do it. Yeah. yeah, and if you do have guys to do it, you know, like I said, those older guys they're not wanting to do four, five, six nights a week. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd like to have some nights off. So, yeah. But it's something that it's something that needs to be figured out on a national level or youth sports will take a big hit from it. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. I know you have, you've had games and 
you had games all week, and it's kind of hard to set up a time because you got in late last night because you were doing games all day. So thanks for sitting down, talking about everything, and uh, good luck in all your games in the future. Well, I appreciate it. Keep up your good work with the podcast. Yeah.